After Hurricane Andrew made landfall in 1992, plywood prices rose 45% and prices for southern pine framing lumber increased 17%. In the wake of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, the wood products market reacted strongly. Panic buying of lumber and structural panels went on for weeks. Lumber and plywood costs increased an average of 30% the four weeks after landfall. However, decreased to normal over the next six to eight weeks. Hurricane Katrina destroyed or damaged timber worth about $2.4 billion in Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi. That's according to a report from the Forest Service's Southern Research Station. Close to 30% of the 16 million acres of timberland in the area were affected by the hurricane. Numerous sawmills and structural panel plants were knocked offline in Louisiana and Mississippi by that storm, and huge volumes of lumber and panels were destroyed at the ports along the Gulf of Mexico. Highways and rail lines faced extensive repairs, adding to the challenges of shipping wood to the areas that needed it most. But things are getting better. The Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard University says that there is flexibility in the supply system, and wood manufacturers are now better able to predict volume from major storms. For example, there were no price fluctuations after Hurricane Ian hit in 2022. This is Kevin Peterson, and welcome to Weather Heroes. Today we talk with Pat Sleisman. He's been in the wood supply business for over 30 years. Wood is key to rebuilding after a disaster, and there's a lot of pre-disaster applications as well. We explore the numerous uses of wood products and their role in recovery. Pat, thank you for joining us today on Weather Heroes. As our go-to for all questions regarding wood, I know you're very familiar with the entire life cycle, including the harvesting down to when we finally use that wood in either a construction site or rebuilding site, for example, after a disaster. Please give us the overall view of the harvesting process to include maybe the wood types and even timing, how often does it occur? I'm gonna focus primarily, here we are in the South, which is, it's gonna be Southern Yellow Pine. And depending on the the end product, it, the, the trees are gonna grow from 25 to 40 years. So they plant these trees pretty closely together. Uh, say every eight years, they're gonna thin that down. And then the last would be the harvest, of course like I said, from 25 to 40 years, depending on if it's going to be us, you know, going to a sawmill or a plywood mill, could even be some of those thinnings might go to an OSB mill. So do the mills own this land or where are these trees coming from? What's, what's the process there? It could be uh, here in the South, individual landowners, um, farmers, you know, they have their own stand of trees and they sell those trees every, like I said, 25 to 40 years. There's also, you know, some of the manufacturers do have their own land, but that's probably, you know, for the most part, a little bit rare here in the South. So now the wood has made it to the mill and there's a process. I know I've heard of the terms uh, stripping uh, before. I know there's a lot of other processes and treatments that it goes through. Talk to us about those processes and, and the time it takes from the time it gets to the mill to where it's ready to be shipped out. Okay. In general terms, you know, the, the, the wood 
is transported from the forest to the mills. I'll talk about plywood, for example. And the logs are offloaded into the, the, the mill's log deck. They probably keep any it, up to two weeks worth of, of logs in stock because they, they just don't want to run out. And they're constantly hosing those down, keeping them wet. They don't want that to, to dry out. When they're ready to, to process those logs, they run through a debarker. I'm talking, I'm going to talk about plywood predominantly here. They are going to debark the logs. They'll cut them into what they call block, which is like if they're making an eight foot, four by eight piece of plywood, it's going to be a little bit more than eight feet long. That's a block. They'll condition the block in these heated vats um, with a spec, a special liquid that its purpose is to soften the wood fiber. After it is conditioned for a period of time, they pick the logs up out of the block or out of the vats and they'll spin it, the log up against a, a lathe, and it basically unwinds the log into veneer. And and they can set their computer to a desired veneer thickness and then they chop that veneer, that, that roll, they chop it up into sheets, four by eights roughly, of veneer. <clears throat> Those veneer gray, veneer sheets ultimately are graded, generally A, B, C, D, and there's some other in-between grades, where A is going to be the highest quality, the less voids, knots, knot holes, splits. The D grade is going to be the lower grade. It's going to have more knots, knot holes, open open knots, and splits. And then, so then the veneer gets dried. They they take the moisture out of it, and then ultimately they use those veneers to lay up specific grades of lumber, grades and types or plywood, depending on what they're making. Plywood is typically made by cross laminating those veneers. Every other veneer goes in a different direction. That's what gives the plywood stability and strength. Explain to me, if you would, are there different strengths of plywood with different layers or with multiple layers? So, yeah, there, there's some basic plywood products that they're going to make. There's the sanded products. Uh, those are going to be the ACs and BC pr- products, sanded. They go on your soffit of your, your house, for example. Um, C or BC, are you talking one side is A and one side is like a C level? That's exactly right. So the uh, the face is going to be an A grade. The back is going to be a C grade. The inner plies are also going to be Cs, similar to like a, a BC as well. Uh, so you got your sanded panels. You're going to have a, a, a siding uh, panels is another option. They're going to use higher grades for those faces. Uh, it's going to be all C's, C's front, middle, and back. And the reason for that is uh, to be an exterior panel, you want to use C grades or better. Then you've got your exposure one panels, which would be your subflooring and your rated sheathings. The rated sheathings, that's what's used on your walls of the house or the roof. And those are going to be rated sheathings, typically going to be like a CD or a DD type panel, all D veneers. The subflooring is going to be some C's and D's in there as well. You might have an upgraded face 
could be a B phase, for example. But those are the main buckets of types of plywood. I, I left out one. There's marine grade as well, which is kind of a misnomer. Some people think marine grade is an exterior panel, and it is rated exterior, although it has to be covered up. It's not like a preservative treated panel that can be left out in the rain. It is made with high grades, A's and B's, and it's made with an exterior rated glue, but it has to be covered up. It's not a preservative treated panel. So generally speaking, a three-quarter inch plywood will have more layers than, let's say, a half inch. Ideally, you want to have a minimum of three layers in the panel. So if it's a quarter inch, uh, you want to have three three different layers. That means your, your veneers are going to be that much thinner. Um, now, the thicker the panel goes, also the thicker the veneers might be as well. So... In the south, you can have three-ply half-inch, four-ply half-inch. Now, when they go to a five-eighths panel, you might get a four-ply or a five-ply panel. Three-quarter is going to be typically a five-ply for these structural grades. Okay, so when we're talking about the grades A, B, C, and D, and we have the one side is sanded and the other side is not and like an ac or a bc things like that we're talking about the way it looks we're talking about the the laminating process and how many layers were involved there uh we're talking the structural strength on top of that uh, that adding up to often be the, the thickness of the wood as well would that be correct right um so i talked about those different types of products the sanded panels the uh, and then you got the structural panels. Um, all of the structural panels have a structural rating, which is a function of their thickness, typically. It's, it's also a function of um, what is supporting those panels, for example. It's going to have a span rating of 16 inches on center, 24 inches on center, and so on. What are the types of lumber used to construct the bones of the house? Not the plywood, but the internal structure the commodity for lumber is is going to be a number two grade it's a visually graded lumber i really can't get into all the standards of of what makes a a number two grade but that's what you're going to find at at the home depot for example for the most part although they do carry a prime grade sometimes which is going to have a, a reduction in how many knots or knot holes but when it comes to building a house you know you're looking at the structural lumber, you're looking at structural panels, which could be plywood or oriented strand board. Included in, well, then there's engineered wood products, which engineered wood products include plywood and OSB, but then you get into laminated veneer lumber. Could be rim board type products. Could be engineered wood eye joists. Um, there's all those products that go into building houses. You know, we see a lot of OSB used on on roofs and other parts of the house. Talk to me about the strength of plywood versus OSB. Okay. Uh, On the surface, they're rated exactly the same. It's a function of their thickness, as I said. But yeah, uh, a half-inch oriented strand board is going to be rated the same or similarly to a half-inch piece of plywood. 
And I say half, half inch as a nominal dimension. They're not exactly half inch. Are the weather-resistant properties of OSB and plywood similar? Yeah, both the plywood and OSB are what they call exposure one rating. And what that means is it has to be covered up eventually. It can withstand excuse me, weather during construction time, during the construction process, you know, which is going to last a few months. Uh, but if that product, the, the oriented strand board decking or, or the lumber, any of it gets wet, it should be given time or allowed to dry before it's covered. But eventually, and, and finally, it has to be covered and protected by the roof, by the shingles, the paint is, is another way to protect the house. But yeah, it eventually has to be protected within a few months. So you had mentioned Home Depot a minute ago, and that's really part of that distribution process from the mill. Talk to me a, a little bit about that. Are there middlemen? Do the, does that lumber go straight to the big box stores? What does that distribution process look like? Yeah, at a very high level, you've got the, the manufacturers of the, the wood products first. They may have their own inventory. They may have their own reloads. And, and a reload is simply a place to store inventories of lumber and or plywood. Typically, they have... So when you say manufacturer, those are the folks that own those mills? Yes. And um, typically, a reload has rail. You know, a, a train can deliver in carloads the lumber or the, the plywood or oriented strand board. We're talking, we're talking big volume. So rail's the way to go if you're, you're dealing with rail reloads. Could be trucks as well. Uh, rail in, trucks in, trucks are going out. And from, from the reloads, you're going to wholesale distribute, distributor. Could be going to uh, the big box national accounts who will have their own distribution centers. And then from the wholesale distribu distributors, they're going to send it down to specialty distributors or lumber dealers all the way down to the builders. The big boxes, National Accounts, Home Depot, Lowe's, as I said, they have their own distribution centers, and then they're going to send uh, the wood to the individual store locations and ultimately to the consumer or the builder from their stores. So, Pat, if you were building a home on the coast, what wood products would you use specifically? Okay, and I probably wouldn't distinguish too much from being on the coast or not on the coast, but those products would include dimensional lumber, engineered wood products, which is going to include the structural panels, plywood or oriented strand board, laminated veneer lumber for your beam. It could be some glue laminated veneer, uh, laminated lumber in there, wood eye joists possibly, and then your rim board type products. Those are going to your, be your, your main products that I'm going to use to structurally build that house. So as you're answering that question, are you thinking about uh, products that are specifically more geared towards, towards moisture? Or are all these products going to be fairly the, the same as far as, like, they're not really geared towards one environment or the other? No, these are all going to be interior exposure one, as I said, they have to be covered up and protected. These are not exterior products long-term. 
Okay, so Pat, is there anything else then that you would like to add as we talk about the, the wood business? I guess I would end. I always love to talk about trees, how they're a renewable resource. Uh, I say they're the greenest building product out there. I mean, wood grows on trees from solar energy. A few years ago, my youngest daughter came to me and she said, Dad, they're not going to cut down the, the trees, I suppose. And I said, no, they're not going to cut down all the trees. And I said, well, what would happen if they did? And she didn't know the answer to that. And I, so I answered it for her. I said, well, if they cut down all the trees, they'd be out of business. The manufacturers do not want to be out of business. So they will continue to grow more trees and The truth is, we actually plant more trees every year than what we harvest. I hope you learned a little bit about the wood business and the types of wood. I know I certainly did. I was particularly focused on the supply chain and the availability of wood following a disaster. I've got a lot more confidence now. With that, thank you for joining us today at Weather Heroes and take care.